0: Hello and welcome, everyone, to the Traction Stage podcast. Traction is what every founder in an early stage startup is looking for. It is the clear evidence that the market wants your product or service, and it's when things start getting bigger and better. I'm Alexandre Azevedo, and as your host, I'll interview startup entrepreneurs from all over the world to better understand which were the elements they've counted on and the challenges they faced before finding traction for their businesses. In today's episode, I'll interview Nidav Jain, co-founder of City Furnish. Hello, Start Founders. This is Alex again, and here we go to another episode of the Traction Stage Podcast. Today, my guest is Nidav Jain, co-founder of City Furnish. City Furnish is a start from India that offers online furniture rental. It was founded in 2015. And today it has more than 10,000 subscribers and more than $3 million in annual recurring revenue. Hello, Narav. Welcome to the Traction Stage podcast. How are you today?
1: Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me for the podcast. Uh, I'm doing very good. How are you?
0: I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I have many questions for you, so let's go directly to the interview. Sure. So... uh, before talking about the solution, I really want to understand what is the problem that you are solving for people in India.
1: So Absolutely. So I'll start with a quick background about uh, uh, my family and uh, about myself as well, uh, from where I belong to and from where I've grown up to. Uh, so I belong from a native town in northwestern India uh, called uh, Jodhpur in Rajasthan. So our family has been into the furniture business for the last 25 years now. So I've been very closely associated with the furniture industry since my a very young age, uh, as I used to accompany my father to his uh, manufacturing unit and see the complete process. And uh, I was very, always very fascinated to see rectangle timber logs being converted into amazingly looking furniture uh, once everything was done. So that was a, a very young fascination I had since the beginning. Uh, The idea about city furnish or the story uh, was actually uh, during my college days. So I did my undergraduation from uh, New Delhi, the capital of India. So while I was studying there, uh, we were three friends staying in an apartment. And as we realized later on, more than 70% of the apartments in India are either unfurnished or semi-furnished. So as luck would have it, we also ended up uh, in an unfurnished apartment and that actually led us to a kind of a problem which we faced at that time first of all was that there is no alternative to buying expensive furniture for temporary needs so that was kind of a problem statement or a like a, a, a scratch in the head which occurred to us that like there needs to be some solution that if we don't want to buy new furniture or old furniture there needs to be a solution for it or an alternative but yeah, there was available nothing available at least to us at that time, and uh, obviously, as students, you you don't uh, do every for every solution you don't start a company. So again, we went by it. We bought the furniture and we used that. And uh, at the end of our term in two thousand thirteen, when we were leaving college, uh, the second br- uh, problem occurred. That while you are moving out of that city, it's not easy and it's very painful actually to. Either discard or resell the furniture. So that was an uh, kind of an awakening to us that the amount which we had spent to buy the furniture and the amount we got when we were selling the furniture was frankly disproportionate. Like if you are buying it hundred dollars and you are selling it at ten dollars, that was the variance, and uh, that utterly shocked us. That how like how can a thing like furniture depreciate so quickly and have a, a very difficult resale or a, a resale or I would say a relocation alternative. So that led to us a very big problem to us that, okay, like this is a solution or like a problem which we can solve. And there's, there can be an alternative to this. So this was where the inception of City Furnish came into being. Again, it took us, uh, I will say, it took me around two and a half years after graduating from college and doing multiple jobs to finally venture out and uh, kind of capitalize on this idea and start City Furnish.
0: Okay, so it, it came from a personal experience you had. And it is related to to the amount you pay, to the logistics to to discard and to to the amount that you you lose in the process, too.
1: Yeah, so moreover than that, it was uh, just by the sheer size of the uh, uh, immigrant population which now moves in India. So as you will know, like India is 1.2 billion people, so a lot of people. And uh, in majority on the tier one cities is uh, where most of the Indians live and work. And most of these uh, people are from uh, other towns or other uh, villages in India, but they come into tier one cities for work and they're staying in uh, in rented apartments. And this complete rental population uh, have no alternative to furnish uh, their apartments except for buying, which is very difficult because uh, it's a very big capex expenditure for them. And at the same time, an average Indian shifts between jobs every 18 to 24 months, then it does not resonate with their lifestyle. Because if they're looking for something which is flexible and affordable, buying does not uh, solve that problem. So that, altogether that story kind of became very clear to us that it's a huge problem to solve. And that's how we started CityFurnish. Okay, got it.
0: And how are you solving the problem for them? How is CityFurnish uh, offering a solution?
1: So our solution was very clear that we wanted to provide flexibility and affordability to our users. The way we do that is that we provide them a rental subscription plan that you can pay a monthly affordable rentals. Uh, you can select items by uh, packages or by combos, or you can select it individually as well. Uh, so an average two bedroom apartment, uh, including furniture, furnishings, and appliances, will cost you roughly around $80 a month if you're taking uh, furniture from us in, in India. And uh, that resonated very well with the users. Because that was a very big need. Uh, we started since 2015, December. It's been close to four years now. Uh, we have done 10,000 plus subscriptions. And, uh, and we have grown to five more cities now.
0: All right. And let's, let's go back to, to 2015, December. And I really want to understand how much money did you have in that time? And what were the skills that you counted uh, on to start the company? What is this, this day zero scenario that you had in December 2015?:
1: So the day zero scenario was actually uh, like very funny and very challenging. Uh, in a way that uh, the way we started was that uh, so we followed this book, uh, uh, the Four Steps to Epiphany. Uh, so they had this very good saying that for every assumption you need a validation. So the way we went about it was that first we need to validate that is there is a need for rental furniture or is it something which we just want to solve but there is no market need for that. So that was day zero for us. That just me going into metro cities and job like job hubs where majority of the IT centers are located and doing interviews. So I did around 200 plus manual interviews where I would majorly ask two major questions. First was that if you have an Uh, If you're living in a uh, rental house and if that is unfurnished, how will you furnish that? And as I expected, more than 95% said either they will buy new furniture or old furniture. So my reason to ask that question was to understand that is there an awareness already about furniture rental available in the market? Or will we have to create that awareness and category as we go about that? The second question we used to ask them, that if we provide you a two-bedroom furniture and appliances rental solution in around $80 a month, does that excite you? An astounding 89% said yes, and we got our first 20 subscribers through that uh, interviews itself. So that was a big resonance for us that uh, though the category awareness is not there, but if the category awareness is available to the users, the conversion is there. And there is, a, there is a market sizable need, which we need to solve. So that was an understanding for us to how to take it forward and how to build that. Uh, one major insight we got while doing those interviews was uh, to understand globally, there is no furniture rental player who is a unicorn right now. And the reason which we were able to understand was that the furniture buying experience has always been better than the furniture rental experience. People in India always viewed furniture rental with a sense of compromise that either the service or the products or the pricing is going to be a compromise or that's where they will have to compromise on. And uh, that's why we uh, developed a model, a full stack model where we, from the designing of the furniture to having our own fulfillment centers, to having our own last mile delivery and assembly team. And we just don't install the furniture. Even tucking in the bed sheets at the customer's house, putting on the dining mats at the dining table—that's what we wanted to do because we wanted to have that customer wow factor done to actually enable that. Uh, I would say enable that gap of trust where the user can have a wow factor feeling above and beyond what he would get from furniture buying. So that's how we started it.
0: Yeah, awesome, and and you did a pretty good job in in validating your riskiest assumptions in the beginning uh by talking with
1: users how, how many interviews uh, did you do in that time we did around 200 odd interviews uh so we had like i had like a month or so so every day we used to do around uh, like roughly around uh, 10 to 15 interviews um uh, uh, every day uh, and in a month we did around 200 interviews awesome and and how did you get the the interviewees uh, so we used to go to uh, metro stations, so where they used to uh, board the metro. So I would uh, just stop them and ask them that, "Hey, do you have two minutes?" And then I would just ask them these two random questions, and uh, some people would say no, but uh, most of them would say yes, and they will participate in that.
0: Great, excellent. And and did you have? Did you count with any money in that time? Did you have uh, an initial fund, a seed fund, or it was from yourselves?
1: uh so that time it was for ourselves so first of all uh like again to do the interviews and surveys uh we didn't need any money at that time to start with it even the website and something is something which me and Saurabh uh, did it in-house at that time so it took a very limited budget to start with but yeah as soon as we started getting orders and to uh, buy the inventory and to fulfill those orders we started uh putting into using our savings to fund that
0: tell me about your backgrounds Nidav uh mm-hmm. You and Sarab, uh, what are your backgrounds? Because you were able to do some things by yourselves, uh, which of course saved you some money, uh, just for us to understand.
1: Yeah, so uh, so I come from a, a furniture industry background, as I was telling. Uh, I did my undergraduation in uh, commerce. Uh, post that, I was working with uh, Fry, which is a retailer of furniture in India. Saurabh has graduated from IIT in computer science. Uh, he has done his M-Tech for there. Uh, he has worked in companies like Vodafone and HCL and M Docs for close to 10 to 15 years before we both started uh, uh, one more venture before City Furnish. Uh, that did not work eventually. And uh, post that, we started City Furnish.
0: OK, so you had the, the opportunity to know each other before starting City Furnish venture.
1: Yeah. So we knew each other oh. for I think like uh, two and a half years before we started City Furnish. hmm Okay,
0: yeah. awesome.
1: And tell me about
0: the first or the first version and when exactly did you launch the first version, uh working version of, of uh City Furnish. Uh
1: so the website went live on nineteenth uh, December two thousand fifteen, and the first order we got was on twenty second December two thousand fifteen in Delhi.
0: Okay, so it
1: took, uh, it, it was in December, or in December yeah. you already had
0: had the the, the website?
1: Yeah, so uh, we started, uh, so we did the interviews uh, during uh, October to November, uh, mm-hmm. and then we started working on the website in December first week or so. By 19 December, the website was live, and on 22nd, we had the first order.
0: And was it this first version much different from what we have today? What exactly did you put on air what, what how was your mvp like
1: so uh, not very proud of the mvp but uh, yeah it looked it looked very different it looked very different than what you see today uh, what you see today is a, is a very refined version because uh, so as you as i go back to the first question that uh, in India, we were creating a new category. Uh, people is still today, very few people or a percentage of the total population has the awareness that furniture renting uh, exists and it's a mainstream option. Most of the mm-hmm. people still uh, know and are aware of only two major options, that is buying in, like new furniture, or buying 2nd hand furniture. So uh, so that was a very big problem for us because we wanted the website or the, the website to show uh, provide trust and confidence to the user who is coming onto the website so that he can believe in us and subsequently believe in the category we are propagating so uh, uh, eventually we have done a lot of iterations uh, since 2015 to today and uh, in every iteration the theme which is consistent is that our users should feel uh, like should get more trust and confidence while uh, by coming onto seti's website
0: Okay and, and but people were able to to do all the process in the first version or did you have to do something uh more manually or
1: yeah so in first version uh a, the product SKUs were very limited so we just had five options uh, in total for furniture at that time so there was uh, uh, like a so the home page and the products page was kind of the similar and uh, then you just uh, place an order and then everything was done manually at our end. And then you used to call the customer, send them the emails, collect their KYCs over the email. Uh, now all of this are automatically is uh, automated, most of it. Uh, so now the customer can have multiple items. He can view that. He can place the order also on the website. Uh, payment is also on the website. He can upload documents also on the uh, over the website. So all of those steps are now uh, automated. Okay, and when did you start seeing
0: traction coming? I mean, real traction. When did you look at, uh, at each other and, and say, okay, now it is actually working?
1: So to be very frank when we were doing this uh, 200 interviews and we got the first 20 subscribers uh mm-hmm. like that was a very happy moment for us because uh like uh, we were just top, uh, like we were just stopping random people coming out from metro stations and just asking them and uh, actually those 20 guys then placed an order so that was like that was a very good validation and that uh, increased the confidence for the complete team a lot uh in terms of uh, the actual scale wise i think maybe towards uh, april uh, of uh, like 2016 uh, 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 at that time i think that's when uh, the scale actually started coming up a little bit and uh, we because we were doing very good uh, number of orders in delhi at least and uh, then we became i think a little bit more confident that we maybe we can expand into one more city and that's how we scaled to bangalore so i think maybe that was the confidence level we were waiting for and uh, once we got that we expanded to bangalore
0: And how many people were in your team in that time, uh, April 2016?
1: I think uh, five people.
0: Okay, five people. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, From 50 subscriptions in 2015 to more than 10,000 subscriptions in 2019, what is the magic or or what are the, the marketed channels you use uh, to to acquire so many users in that period. Uh,
1: so yeah, as a, as one vice is saying is that uh, to do things which are not scalable uh, for marketing. Uh, so we did mm-hmm. a lot of those kind of things. Uh, so there's an, uh, there are a lot of expats and uh, communities uh, for expats. So we used to do uh, a lot of uh, marketing uh, promotions on Facebook and internations. Kind of related groups uh, to target the expat community because uh, we were mm-hmm. uh, we had a very good uh, uh, start in the expat community in terms of the orders which were coming in, and uh, then we started tapping into those and star- started converting into referrals as well. Uh, so as on date as well, around thirty-five percent of our orders is towards organic and referral. Uh, in the beginning, most of our orders were towards organic and referrals like. Uh, which uh, through word of mouth and through reference. So that worked really well for us. Uh, As we started scaling, uh, we understood that in India, most of the apartments which are uh, are available for rentals are uh, available through the broker's channel community, uh, through real estate agents and brokers. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we started onboarding real estate agents to work uh, as a channel partner for us. So, now uh, you will see that we even have a uh, android app called city furnish partner where a real estate agent can uh, come uh, come on board and become a channel partner and uh, whenever he is uh, in working with a tenant or a landlord he can input those leads into the channel partner app and uh, our team calls them and then converts those leads to fulfill those orders so that was a very interesting uh, and a very different approach uh, towards increasing the orders and that worked really well for us because uh, as of date we are working with I think a thousand plus brokers, and uh, that has been very interesting channel partner uh, like play for us, and it's uh, growing very well. And when did when did you start doing these partnerships? So we started doing that somewhere in uh, I think somewhere between July and August two thousand sixteen. Uh, again, in the beginning it was very uh, uh, like very small and very manual. Everything was done over over WhatsApp or over uh, like SMS, and uh, once we started seeing good amount of traction, uh, we actually thought about creating an app for this. Uh,
0: I know that you were, were part of Y Combinator Winter 2019 batch, and for those of, those of you that are listening and do not know or have never heard about Y Combinator, it is a famous American startup accelerator that invest in a large number of startups uh, twice a year so city furnished was uh, was part of uh, was one of those startups i want to understand you know what were what was the biggest or most valuable learning you got from this 3 month uh, program you have you had there
1: so i think the biggest advantage or learning uh, from yc is the yc community in itself like uh, wonderful uh, founders and peers you are working with amazing uh, pedigree of uh, uh, founder partners who are working with YC who are helping and guiding you. So that uh, experience is, uh, is invaluable to say the least. And uh, uh, YC community uh, has a very good factor to um, make everyone push harder to excel on their work. The weekly office hours, which uh, they have, uh, uh, makes everyone accountable in, in a way. And uh, everyone is, I think, motivating and pushing each other. So that community aspect was something uh, which helped us a lot. Uh, like we have some customers from YC. We have done some hiring through YC companies. We have some uh, technologies which we are using of other YC companies. So in total, it becomes a kind of an ecosystem in together. And that ecosystem is, I think, really powerful in terms of the community and the people that it brings in. So for us, that's the biggest uh, takeaway. You've
0: been you, you are profitable. Or City Furnish has been profitable from year one, if I if I'm correct. Um, why why did you choose not uh, to sacrifice this profitability uh, for more growth? Have you have you have you discussed about that? Is this something that you have considered or not?
1: Uh, that's a very really interesting question. So uh, there are two major uh, uh, answers for that. So first is, uh, uh, when we started City Furnish and while we were doing those interviews, and even parallel after that, uh, we understood that it is a long-term play. We are just scratching the surface right now. Even as on date, if you will ask me, we are, it's day zero. Like it's uh, even, we are not even at the beginning. I won't say even day one. It's we're uh, just at the start line right now. So we wanted to understand that uh, It is a long-term play and we need to build the foundation right now. And for building the foundation, you need to have the horizon to invest for the long-term and build accordingly for that long-term horizon. Uh, So that was one major reason. And the second obvious reason was that we wanted to have partners or investors who could work with us to fund that long-term horizon. And as we were not able to raise that and get that at that moment, because everyone... uh, at that time, people did not believe a lot in the furniture rental idea. I remember we have done like maybe 200 plus uh, investor meetings and uh, we get we got we got a lot of no's from those meetings. And the major reason was that lack of convictions uh, the investors have in that model at that time. So, and that made us realize that uh, we have to do it profitably because we have to do it for the long term. So the model needs to work and uh, it needs to work uh, for the complete category and uh, so that was a conscious call we did and uh, we realized that if we are not compromising on the margin uh, the users are providing us the value and uh, we are able to get margin in the business and that's how we f- keep uh, kept funding the business itself so we kept putting the profits back into the business reinvesting into that and building the business okay got
0: it got it and finally uh uh, we are we are going to, towards the the end of this interview, but I would love to to ask uh, you some piece of advice or maybe uh, the the learning that you think is more valuable or the the most valuable learning that you had from that experience of building a startup, uh, getting in the traction stage. What would you say to startup entrepreneurs that want to get there, want to build a successful startup?
1: uh, I think one major uh, key thing I would say is that you should not do a startup because you want to do a startup. Uh, You should do a startup if you are looking or if you're able to solve a problem. So like uh, that major difference between those two things, I think, is uh, a key enabler to uh, uh, take through all the pains and sorrows which are going to come. And if you are doing it for the right thing and you're trying to solve a problem, eventually you will be able to find a solution for it. Okay, Nirav, that's
0: awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your experience with us. Uh, Certainly, it was uh, a wonderful interview and and we we gained a lot of great insights from your experience. Uh, I wish all the best for you and for City Furnish team.
1: Thank you a lot, Alex, and uh, hope you had a great time as well. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: And how about you? Did you like this episode? Please, visit us at attractionstage.com and leave your comment. There you will find all the episode's show notes, as well as additional information about the founders and their startups. I'll wait for you there. Bye-bye.